Well, hello. Good morning, everybody. I said good morning. How are you today? Hi, sweetheart. How are you, Elijah? It's good to see you. Um, welcome, everyone. Um, you can greet me like Elijah just did. I'm Jackie, and on behalf of uh, all of us, I just want to welcome you to Middle Church. Some of you are here for the very first time, and we have a big slew of people here for the first time because we're baptizing some twins today. So let's clap for the twins down there. If you're here for the first time, can you raise your hand? We won't make you preach. We used to make people preach. Wow! So our ushers are going to just bring you some cards that'll help you stay connected to Middle Church. This whole row. Here for the baby? Yay! Woo! Here for the babies? Yes! Woo! Okay. Um, So we want you to stay in touch with us. Let's wave to all the people that are online. Hello, people that are online. Am I right, Harold, that 174 thousand people came online last to the conference. Is that right? 174,000. So let me let you know some stuff that's happening. Today is Earth Day, and yay, we're celebrating our mama today. Hi, Erica. <laughs> we're celebrating our mama today and, um, and giving you some real practical ways to plug in. Um, the new members are going to join in just a few moments. If you have not joined middle and you've been dating us and you'd like to join us, we'd love to have you join us. We will not make it hard. Um, there'll be another new member gathering in June and you can join any time by just letting us know that you want to join, coming to the pulpit that is called a bima or a stage, depending, um, and we'll help you sign up. We'd love to have you connect with us. Um, okay. I think I want to tell you that Next Sunday, between worships, board doesn't know this either, spontaneously, we're going to have a meeting next Sunday between the two worships, Natalie, to talk a little bit about stewardship, okay? So if you can come early, bless you. I just want to talk about stewardship and planning so you can give us some input. Between the two worships, so, you know, 1035 or so right here in the sanctuary, okay? Please come be with us. And finally, Christina Joy Fleming is uh, our Director of Communications, is, is about, about to benefit from a new policy that we've put in place. Uh, Adrienne Thorne was here for seven years, and she said, can I have a sabbatical since I've been here for seven years? <laughs> yes, yes you can. So she got to take uh, four weeks off. And therefore, all of our staff that stay seven years get to take time off as a way to uh, reward longevity. And Christina's been here seven years. Christina Joy. And in every one of these moments, I'm going to take a moment to celebrate the staff. Uh, Christina and I picked each other up. Mm-hmm. Ten years ago, she started coming to church mm-hmm. because you're just a churchy, geeky girl, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. And then you stayed. Why did you stay? <laughs> why did you stay? Quickly now. She's the journalist, but I'm going to interview her. How did you, why did you stay? 
There's no place that worships like this place in the whole city. Ben, there's no place that is trying to redefine Christianity like you're redefining Christianity with taking the stands with LGBT justice, economic justice, and racial justice. And the world is watching, and you decided the world is watching. So you give me electricity every Sunday and all week long, and I am grateful. All right, then. So we send Christina off on a writing trip. She's a beautiful journalist and a beautiful writer. And we send you with our blessings. Let's give her a blessing. May you feel like electricity and joy and peace as you produce and create. May God come to you in so many waves of love as you have your sabbatical time. Amen. 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 Thank you, Bill Kerr, and thank you, Jackie, and thank you, the board. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. This is, I, I just, I cannot thank you enough. Okay. <laughs> awesome. I think with that gratitude in the room, why don't we continue to worship our God in a beautiful song for the beauty of the earth. Um, that's not what's happening right now. I'm really wrong. We're going to do some other things. Christina has me off my game. I'm off my game. We're going to baptize these two amazing twins. They, and, and then we're going to have new members join. So I would like to invite the families, the godparents of our beautiful babies to come on up with me onto the pulpit. And I'm going to introduce to you guys Amara Ray and Micaiah Hope Kirksey. Come on. Woo! Come on, let's go. <laughs> and big sister Elijah, right here. <laughs> Um, yeah. So you, you want to come help me with the water? Why don't you come help me? Okay. Let's put this over here. Do I have the first words? <laughs> you do. Okay. I, I know what they say. Okay. So whenever we're in these kinds of situations, come on up. Whenever we gather together like this, we come from different traditions. We know that baptize, baptism means different things in different communities. Baptism, actually, all over the world in different faiths, we have rituals of water. Baptism comes from our Jewish family as a ritual to start fresh. So sometimes we think baptism means, you can touch it, sometimes we think baptism means a fresh start. It symbolizes new life. Baptism means having a fresh new walk with God. But also, every child in the room knows that there's nothing better than splashing in the water or having a bath. <laughs> Baptism means being washed new and being able to have a brand new start. We baptize children and adults at Middle Church because we believe that God is the one who acts. That before they were in their mommy's womb, God knew these beautiful girls and made them exactly as they are. So before they have language, they belong to God. Amen? Amen. So we baptize to publicly proclaim this reality. Children belong to God before they make a choice, just like Jackie said. And today when children are baptized, we honor this truth. God is the one who acts to choose us. Let us pray. God, thank you that you have called us your people that we belong to you for all time. Thank you for these children, for Amara and Micaiah, and for their moms. We thank you for their godparents and all of the adults that will care for them and shepherd them on your behalf. Bless them and keep them in your holy name. 
Amen. Amen. Parents, you are entrusted with Amara and Micaiah on God's behalf to raise them in faith, pray for them unceasingly, and to care for their physical and spiritual needs. Will you, to the best of your abilities, continue to love and raise these beautiful children in God's family? Godparents, will you be friends and family to this child, guiding her along the right paths and being a support to her? If so, will you say, we will? Middle family, all of the children here belong to us. The children in our neighborhood, the children of the city, our global neighbors who are small and vulnerable. They are entrusted to adults to care for them, and we welcome them as Christ does. Will you, middle family, pray and care for all of our children and be the village that raises them? If so, please say, we will. Can you mommies come closer with the beautiful ones? Amara, you're Amara. I, I can see you. I can. I can see you. Can you come say hi? Okay. <laughs> okay. Amara Ray. Amara Ray. It's my wonderful pleasure to baptize you in the name of God. We love you too, sweetheart. In the name of God, whom Jesus called Daddy. In the name of Jesus, who welcome all the children. And in the name of the Holy Spirit, that will be your friend forever and ever and ever. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Micaiah Hope. Micaiah Hope, do you want to come say hi? Well, hey, baby girl. Hello. 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 I am so glad to baptize you in the name of God, whom Jesus called Daddy, in the name of Jesus, who welcomed all of the children, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, who will always be your friend. Amen. Amen. Okay. They were littler, and they're not now. So can you help me take, we're gonna go downstairs with them? Is that okay? Can you come? Okay, mommy, you? you gotta walk. Come on, mamas. <laughs> These are your babies. Hi, now you want to play. Now you want to play. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you're coming. <laughs> yeah. There we are. There we are. These are your people. <laughs> There's your babies. <laughs> Yay. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. Okay, let's go back. And off we go. Okay. Okay. There we go. Now we have new members joining us. Two new members and some more. Come on up, friends. Yay. Come on up. Middle Church is a movement, and today we celebrate these new members, that Middle is their church. They stand before you and before God to say they belong here and are part of God's movement, just as you are as you come through the door 
We welcome you. Membership means signing on to the vision of God's reign. Membership means participating in the life of the congregation. Membership means proclaiming that you belong to God and you will use your gifts for God's work. Membership means claiming God's claim on you. Okay, so today we get to welcome two new members. We have Clifford Polly and Jennifer Manuel. This is Clifford, this is Jennifer. Um, and so we welcome you, friends, to this place. Welcome home. Welcome home. Um, just a couple questions. Uh, do you claim Middle Church as your church? If so, say we do. We do. Will you give your heart and your gifts to this congregation and to the larger church? Say, I will. Okay. Will you love and share with this community in the ministry of Christ? If so, say, I will. Will. And will you learn and study so as to grow in faith? If so, say, I will. I will. Excellent. And to the congregation, this is your turn. <coughs> Do you promise to love, encourage, and support these people of God by being the gospel of God's love and by giving the strong support of God's people in prayer and in deed? If so, say, we will. We will. Let us pray. God of mercy and grace, thank you for the gifts of these new members. Thank you that we are all your children. Make us more like you in all we say and all we do, and help us to be your hands and feet in this world. We pray in your holy name. Amen. 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 There's Bibles for them. They were. Right on the chair. Those were the baby Bibles. Okay. Then they're not for you. <laughs> but welcome. We're going to sing you a song. <laughs>
please remain standing for the prayer of thanksgiving. Hey God, it is us. And we thank you for the constant invitation to lay down our burdens right into your heart because you can hold them. Thank you for inviting us to take your hand and leading us to still waters where our souls may be restored by the sound of your rivers and the feeling of our feet in your water. And thank you for walking with us in the valleys of life when there are no streetlights and reminding our tight shoulders to loosen and for our hearts to breathe and reminding us not to fear. Thank you for calling us to be the community to each other in all times. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. So I just want to give a shout out to my colleague, Nestor Martinez. I'm not sure if he's here today, but he put this slideshow together that you're about to see. And as the saying goes, a picture is worth a thousand words, and we have 10,000 reasons to feel grateful.
for the message for all ages. And I have new young friends and young at heart friends. You're all welcome to join me up on the blanket here. You can make the way, your way to the stage. Your grown up can join you or you can come without your grown up too. These brothers are excited to see each other. Okay. So many friends coming. Happy Earth Day. We care friends joining too. Come on up. I want to talk to you guys about Earth Day, so find your spot on the blanket. I love this full fun crew we got going on. So my first question, I'm going to get the microphone out for this. Does anyone know what is the name of the room we are in right now? What is this room called? It starts with an S. Is that a clue? Sanctuary? Sanctuary! Thank you, Josephine. Nailed it. So, a sanctuary is a place... I have more questions. I have more questions. I need your help. A sanctuary is a place where we come to connect with God. And we are so fortunate that we have this beautiful sanctuary space that we can connect to God in. But did you know that for some people, a sanctuary is not just inside. A sanctuary is also outside. Did you know that's what I was gonna say? Well, yeah, you're predicting it. So for some people, they love coming into the church and connecting to God. And some people, their sanctuary is outside. Being in nature, being in God's creation, is their sanctuary moment. Yesterday, I got to go on a hike with 20 people from Middle, and one of them was Miss Leslie. Can you wave your hand, Miss Leslie? There we go. This is Leslie's walking stick. She found it yesterday, and she used this all along the hike. It was like 
her special reminder that she can connect to God in nature. So that stick, she's sharing it with me today, her walking stick, was that reminder. I wanna know from you young people, it might not be a stick, but what is something special that you see in nature that reminds you of connection to God? I have a Josephine at my school. That is so cool, Elijah. You have a Josephine at your school and a Josephine on the blanket today. You know what? Your friend Josephine is a reminder of God's creation because we are God's creation, just like the earth. What's something in the earth that you see? It could be an animal. It could be something at the park. Something, yes. How about... Oh, you want to hold the walking stick? <laughs> How about Leslie... Careful, careful. Oh, sorry. It's okay. How about Leslie's walking stick? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Leslie's walking stick. What's something else? Something else you might see in nature. Yes. A really, 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 really cute baby bunny. A really cute baby bunny. I love baby bunnies too. I have a soft spot for baby bunnies. Or baby humans. Or baby humans. Like, you gotta amen, Elijah, because we gotta see God's creation in your baby sisters today. What a great connection. Give me one more, something that reminds you of your connection to God when your sanctuary is outside. One more idea. I'm waiting for a volunteer. Okay. A frog? A frog! You guys said two of my favorite animals, a baby bunny and a frog. I love being reminded that God does, God does indeed show up in this place, but God shows up in frogs and baby bunnies and baby humans and Leslie's walking stick. So let's keep all of those in mind and let's say a prayer together, thanking God for all the ways that we connect to God through nature. If you want, you can link up with hands to the person next to you. Please put Carlo down and let's say a prayer. Dear God, we thank you for nature. A sanctuary outside where we can connect to you. Thank you for frogs and baby bunnies and baby humans. Reminders of your creation. Reminders of your creation. Amen. Amen. Okay, young nature lovers, let's sing Siahamba and return to our seats. You're invited to enter into a moment of silent reflection. 
Yesterday, we had a group of 20 middle hikers, ranging in age from five months to 50 plus years, enjoy a spring hike in Beacon. This prayer comes from our time together and our shared reflections in honor of Earth Day. Creator God, we thank you for this most beautiful day, for sunshine on our faces and cool breezes at our back, for rocks and dirt and acorn seeds and the delight of Mauna, the dog chopping on a stick. We thank you for signs of life at every turn, like Anna and Olaf, the salamanders swimming at the reservoir edge. For buds on trees and flowers poking through dried leaves, reminding us that spring is really here, that transformation and change is near. You are the one who makes all things new, the God who knows the name of the purple flowers we pass. With beating hearts, stretching muscles, and expanding lungs, we become more aware of our bodies, like the chirping birds and twirling butterflies. We too are a part of your creation. As we climb to new heights and new perspectives, you meet us there. Today, the outdoors feel like that thin space where heaven and earth meet. For many of us, this, being outside, is our church, our sanctuary, the place where we come in contact with the divine. We remember that you are near the brokenhearted and the places where it feels broken throughout the earth. We stop to acknowledge that this land we play on is stolen land. We remember the Lenape people who are here first, the first nations that lived here long before colonizers stripped this area and other colonized people and places of its resources. We confess that we have not cared for Mama Earth not protected the oceans and the atmosphere and land. We have neglected to see the interconnectedness of creation, and we have neglected to respond to the crisis of climate change. We see the places where your creation is groaning. Glaciers are melting. Sea levels are rising and heat waves and wildfires are increasing in frequency. As animal extinction lists are growing, droughts are intensifying, and another season of tropical storms is being predicted. Help us to be the people who respond with compassion, responsibility, and shared action. Help us to remember that we exist in nature every day. Nature in our city and 
nature right at the corner of 7th Street and 2nd Avenue. May we remember what it means to care for the earth, to be good stewards of your creation, not only on Earth Day, but in every passing season. Remind us of these mountaintop moments, looking upon still waters with all different ages caring for one another and celebrating the earth. We pray all these things in the name of the one who makes all things new. Amen. Amen. Now you're invited to stand and link up hands with your neighbor. We'll be praying the Lord's Prayer. There's an inclusive version in your bulletin. You can pray in whatever language or style you learn this prayer. Let us pray. Ever-loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day Amen. Now go and share the peace with your neighbor. Peace be with you.
hello, hello. Hello. Well, hello. So for our guests, our passing of the peace, you just experienced the wild hug fest that we call passing the peace. If you're an introvert, you know, the balcony is a better place. But uh, yeah. Peace to you in the balcony, my friends. Hi. So today I'm preaching from the 23rd Psalm, which many of us learned when we were children. Um, and I just want to invite you to read with me or say it out loud with me uh, in the King James Version, if you want, or however you know it. And it's in your pew Bibles, too, if you want to read along. So we'll just do a big corporate reading of the 23rd Psalm. And don't worry if you say thou and these, that's all good. It's all good. Anyway, Psalm 23. Let me know you're ready. Say, uh-huh, we're ready. Okay, good. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The word of God for the people of God. When you were little, people who grew up in the church, didn't you think God only spoke Old English? King James first. The first time I said you instead of thou, I was like, ooh, am I breaking bad? I wasn't sure. Uh, as I prepare to preach this morning, I just want to share with you some good personal news. Um, I am a glamma. Uh, this morning. My, my beautiful daughter-in-law, Gabby uh, DeVoe, and my beautiful son-in-law, Joel Jenka, had a baby this morning at 5.49. Somebody told me I look tired. I'm like, not as tired as Gabby is, I'll bet. 5.49 a.m. She was born 5 pounds, 9 ounces, Ophelia Grace. So I'm really happy about that. And... You know, having babies and baptizing babies and um, listening to what I call the music of our children's corner makes me so happy. And I just want to apologize if you went to a church where children were quieted and put out of the room. We are really trying to be intentional about growing up some babies who not only know what it's like to go to Sunday school, but know that they're loved by God and that they can be in the sanctuary and they can make a little noise. So I just want to snap to my team and you guys are awesome. The idea of a children's zone and the babies, that is music to my ears. And when they're running the church, we want to make sure that they have a mama earth to care for. So that's that's what we're reflecting on today, on this Earth Day. Um, everything we need is the name of the sermon. So I just want to say, first of all, this 23rd Psalm starts with two really important phrases. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Or God is my shepherd, I have no lack. 
I have everything that I need. And the whole psalm really explicates those two phrases. The first one, this beautiful shepherd metaphor, which would have really been music to the ears of the people in ancient Israel because they were an agrarian people and got their warmth and their substance, their wool, their milk from the sheep in the sheepfold. I have everything I need. The shepherd's psalm would have grabbed their imagination. They knew a lot about sheep. And so I, who am a city girl, took a dive into sheepdom a couple of years ago, and I'm going to tell you more about sheep right now than perhaps you ever thought you'd need to know. But it's important to locate ourselves in this metaphor. Are you with me? This guy named Philip Keller was a shepherd, and he wrote this book about the 23rd Psalm. And these are just some of the things about sheep that I think you need to know. Um, of course, they relied on the shepherd for everything. Everything. For food, for water, for shelter. Um, the psalm is so literal, if you really listen. The Lord is my, I shall not want. The shepherd will make sure I have all of it. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. I'm going to stop and be led to the nearest, closest, most lush, beautiful green place on the warm side of the mountain. He leads me beside the still waters. I'm going to go to the place where the water is cleanest and clearest because the shepherd's going to make sure I get there. Um, um, the sheep don't have a good turn-off button when it comes to eat. I, I have that sometimes, <laughs> especially when I'm stressed. Let's say there could be a tin of chocolate-covered almonds, and one thinks five is a good number. Start with five. Yet 20 almonds later, one is still grazing on the almonds, right? Well, sheep are a little bit like Jackie in that they'll keep eating until, they will eat, though, until they fall down. Sheep will eat until they become gassy. Let's call it grassy and gassy. And then they will fall down. And when they fall down, they can't get up. It's like, help, I'm melting, I can't get up. So they're on the ground and the shepherd literally has to stand them up again. So when the Psalm says, he restores my breath, restores my soul, the shepherd really literally restores them to breathing and saves their life. Isn't that wild? Um, uh, then, um, the, the, of course, the shepherd takes them on the right path. It's sometimes translated paths of righteousness, but for sheep, there's no righteous path, but there's the right path, the correct path, and the <clears throat> good shepherd knows how to use, we're not a violent people, but that thing called a rod makes a really good weapon against a bear or a lion. And the good shepherd knows how to strike and keep the sheep safe, but also using the staff to gently nudge and guide the sheep to get them where they need to go. I told you we're going to know something about sheep when we're done. Even in the presence of prey, of lions and tigers and bears, oh my, the, the good shepherd, I knew you could do it with me, the good shepherd takes the sheep to a flatland, to a tableau, to a place where, the, where they can be safe, even in the presence of mine enemies. The shepherd sets a table for the sheep. Um, sheep can get sticker burrs. I hate sticker burrs. I have this hair. Bad things can happen to the hair. But they get sticker burrs or insects in their fur, in their uh, wool, and they'll get near something and get to going like this. And then it starts feeling good. 
and they like won't stop until they've scratched off their skin. So literally, the shepherd anoints their head with oil to help them heal. Are you with that? Here we have, all the way through this psalm, a real clear metaphor of a shepherd who takes care of the flock. All the way through the Hebrew scriptures and in the New Testament, taking care of the flock, making sure they're safe, making sure they're protected, making sure they have water, shelter, clothing, a sort of holy government, if you will. That's what the shepherd did, providing for the sheep. I don't know why the mic is scratching. Is that my hair? I don't have any earrings, Harold. Okay. Um, so, holy government. I have everything I need. That's what, the, that's what the psalmist declares. Now, is that a metaphor? Or was the psalmist really saying, I experience a God, or my people have experienced a God, the whole people of Israel, not just a personal reflection, but the whole of us, all of us, can testify that God gives us what we need in order to survive. Not what we want, not chocolate-covered almonds and red wine, no, no, but what we need in order to survive. Water, shade, shelter, protection, green pastures, cool mountains, all of the earth. The psalmist is talking about the beauty, the splendor of the earth as the source of that which we need. Wool for clothing, grass for grazing, fish swimming, even cows for milk or the occasional steak. Okay, all of that coming from the earth. Animals, um, all of us meant to share in this beauty together. Meant to last an eternity, except not so much, right? Why? Because we who are human beings are consuming the earth as though it is not a limited resource. Why? Because we who are human beings have made Mama Earth our toilet and have exploited her, have gutted her for iron and you know, ore and resources, like big chunks of Earth taken out. We've taken our Mama Earth for granted, and she's not that happy with that. So in 1970 was the first Earth Day, and I'm so glad that we're celebrating that here uh, today at Middle Church. Um, I want to tell you some bad news to just shock you because I'm a newly converted earth nut. I mean, I'm, I'm a new convert to earth nutness. Let's talk about plastic. I, I like plastic. Uh, my mama used to sell Tupperware. I went to college on plastic. Like those burping things, woo, and everything's fresh and love it. But the plastic crisis is now a global crisis. A study in 2015 shows that between 4.8 and 12.7 million metric tons of plastic, not are in the ocean accumulated, go in the ocean every year. I don't, that's just hard to say in a sentence. And by 2050, scientists expect there will be more plastic by weight in the ocean than fish in the ocean by weight. 
What? Doesn't make you want to go, what the? We won't say bad words in front of the kids. Since plastic is synthetic, there are very few natural processes that break it down. You can grind it down, you can recycle it. Good, you grind that down, recycle it. Plastic has, according to some scientists, a 2,000-year half-life. Do you know what that means? It has a 4,000-year full life. 2,000 years before it begins to begin to degrade. And we can put it in landfills and call it like we're going to build on it, but that plastic makes its way to oceans. It is found in the bellies of fish and birds and whales. And this is really going to gross you out. It turns out it's in our stomachs too. One organization found plastic fibers in 83% of drinking water samples. Can I have that cup of water, Michael? No, nope, Diane's coming. Well, guess what? Thank you, Diane. I'm allergic to plastic, I think, I'm not sure. One investigation finds 83% of drinking water samples all over the world have plastic fibers in it. Can you imagine? <coughs> it tested 250 bottles of our favorite water brands. Like, I love me some Dasani water. It tastes so good. Dasani, Aquafina, all of them. 11 leading brands. Plastic. Wow! That's the bad news. Except, no more plastic. Can you say it? No more plastic. I mean, no more plastic. There's a website um, Earth Day 2018 forward slash plastic, but just Google Earth Day, that'll let you know about your own personal plastic footprint. So you can take a test, <coughs> and it will let you know how you can downsize your plastic use. I'm going to go cold turkey. I'm going to throw away my baggies. No, I can't throw them away. I'm going to recycle my baggies. I'm going to let it go, let it go. So let me, that's some bad news. You want to hear some good news? Because a lot of the climate control folks like make it seem like there's nothing we can do. That dismotivates me. How about you? Yeah. A few years ago, the Chesapeake Bay was a hot mess. And it has changed. And human beings can take credit for it. It's the largest estuary in the United States. And for decades, it was one of the most polluted. I mean, fertilizer running off from Virginia and Delaware and Pennsylvania, stormwater, poultry, ugh, poultry farming junk, and frankly, sewage. And as the nutrients like nitrogen and phosphorus sullied the bay, all the underwater life, including the grasses, began to die. And when the grasses die, the fish don't have any place to spawn. They don't have any place to hang out. The shellfish isn't hanging out. So suddenly you don't have any food. But, 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 because folks got serious about climate issues in the Chesapeake Bay area, they have, thank you, thank you, my love. Oh, there's just many things for Jackie. Thank you so much. Um, they have regrown the seagrass beds. 42,000 acres now of uh, seagrass has repopulated itself, and with that comes fish, and with that comes shellfish, and that's human beings. The government, too, but that's human beings deciding not to pollute, deciding to change the way they farm. In fact, farmers got 
paid to use different kinds of organic material, and the sea grass and the bay is recovering. That's good news. Let's snap for that. Now I'm going to go back to a little medium news. I'm going to call this medium news. Um, maybe not. 2017 was one of the worst years in terms of national disaster in the history of the world. In the history of the world, you know that we're still working uh, on Maria, and I think that's great news that we, Middle Church, Edna and Jorge and our team, snaps for our team. We're working in Puerto Rico. But Harvey, the, 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 the severity of these storms is because of climate change. The severity of the storms, the amount of water, the severity of the surge is because the polar ice caps are melting at rates too profound to describe without making a, a movie, a, a natural disaster movie. It's insane. And when those uh, polar ice caps melt, sea levels are going to rise two feet. And that means a lot of people are going to be out of places to live. It's, it's, a, it's a really big, hot mess. So the mixed news on this is I think we have to take this thing really seriously. Um, and we're working uh, with the United Church of Christ. Uh, we're part of that denomination now. There's a beautiful website, ucc.org forward slash climate change, that can give each of us practical things to do, to focus on our own footprint and to focus on our own local uh, ecosystem. But one of the things I'm really excited about is that um, 12 young people, these children are just kicking butt, but 12 teenagers have sued the United States government, yeah. sued the United States government around climate change. And one of the things that we're going to be participating in with the UCC is a thousand sermons about climate change. A thousand sermons about climate change uh, in this next uh, cycle of, of two years with children sometimes preaching. So I don't know, Elijah might be ready to preach. Henry, well, Dominic is ready to preach. Dominic's like, let's do this. So what does it say, baby? No more plastic. No more plastic. <laughs> Woo! So there's nothing worse than a converted anybody, right? Those former smokers, you just want to kill them? Ah, they're so upset. I am a converted earth nut. I just, it's not that I didn't get it. It's like we're busy thinking about economic justice. We're busy thinking about racial justice. We're busy thinking about LGBTQ justice. That's, that's how we roll at Middle Church. Somebody will say to me, what are y'all doing about climate? I'm like, we're doing these three things. But this is our identity. Shut up, Michael. We're doing these three things. <laughs> these are the three things we're doing. How? Gay. I'm so gay when you say it. I am gay <laughs> when I say it. Three things. God bless you. Oh my God, I'm going to beat you up. Um, <laughs> but we're doing these three things, right? But guess what? If we're not doing earth, we can't really do these three things. Yeah. And the truth of the matter is, middle lives in the concept of intersectionality. We're womenist. We understand that we can't separate economy from race and from gender, right? We can't separate those. And I'm just saying, let's braid Mama Earth right in there and make it a four-strand twist, okay, Erica? Not just three, but a four-strand twist, right? Because Mama needs our back. 
We got to have her back. We need to shoulder up. No more plastic. How about that as a starting place? Middle is going to get out of the plastic business. Except for my spandex. We're going to keep that. But I promise I'll recycle it. So we're going to get out of the plastic business. We're going to think about ways to conserve. And I'm inviting you. I'm inviting you, middle family. I'm inviting you, new friends, to think. How will we together sustain our mama so we can help heal and change the world? Are you with me? Yes. Will you join in the conversion? Yes. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Hello, everyone. My name is Lila, and I'm a deacon here at Middle Church. Uh, let's talk about the power of giving and a spiritual, personal transformation. I had an unhealthy relationship with church, God, and money, in that order. Going to church as a child was like a punishment. I had to stay all day, be quiet, be still, don't move, and if I did any of those things, I got popped. Y'all remember the knuckle pop, pop, upside your head? Oh. What memories? God doesn't like me, and I'm going to hell. Wait a darn minute. I can hear, I'm five years old, I'm going to hell. I'm going to hell. At this point, I don't even care that much about him either. The feeling was mutual. I was given money to put in the basket at church, and to be honest, the money didn't always make it. Y'all know what I mean, right? <laughs> It was a distraction, the candy store. I can't possibly give to the church and have candy, too. I don't have enough to give, so don't ask. I rationalize they don't need it. They don't, uh, sorry, I'm so nervous. I rationalize they don't need it. It's my money. Don't they have their own? I need my money more than they do. Fast forward, by the time I reached middle in 2009, I was a hot mess. I brought all those issues with me. One Sunday, I noticed I had spent my whole Sunday morning and afternoon at middle. Who does that? <laughs> there are small groups, we care, concerts, congressional meetings, social hall gatherings, marches, you name it. There's something for everyone, all in the name of seeing God's love, period. What was striking about this, I didn't want to leave. Unlike my childhood, I, was, I always wanted to leave. Here at Middle, the recurring theme is I'm awesomely and wonderfully made, and nothing could stop God from loving me. What a relief. I felt connected to the people, 
the message of middle, I wasn't forced to stay. I made a personal decision to stay. Something was shifting. My spirit was being healed, and I had a new outlook about church and God. Do I dare say that I was transformed? Now, to deal with those money issues. I was laid off of work, receiving unemployment. Spirit started moving and said, give. All of the old issues resurfaced. I exclaimed, God, I'm on unemployment. Are you serious? My bills versus giving? We are reminded that there's a time to reap and to sow. By sowing into middle, I reap so much more. I learned to give consistently on a monthly basis, and it took some emotional and mental discipline. It was painful. I had to let go of my fear that I wouldn't have enough if I gave. I started small and steady. I began to notice a personal and spiritual shift. As I began to give, I noticed that my self-esteem started to grow, and I started trusting God more for, started trusting God more for provision. The, reciproc the reciprocity of trust and faith between me and God is immeasurable. I can't outgive her. Our giving to middle is a ripple effect, like a pebble tossed on a body of water. We never know how people are going to be spiritually transformed. I'm asking you to take that same walk of faith and trust. Will you give on a reoccurring basis, monthly, bi-weekly, weekly, and watch God's unwavering, watch God's unwavering provision in your life? Amen. Pain and your health you can't regain. 
and your soul is almost sinking in despair. Jesus knows the pain you feel. He can save and he can heal. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Leave it there. Leave it there. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. If you trust and never doubt, He will surely bring you out. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Leave it there. Leave it there. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. If you trust and never doubt, surely bring you out take your burden to the Lord leave it there when you trust him through your doubts he will surely bring you out so take your burdens to the Lord thank you so much for all that you give to us through the wind, through the fire, through the rain, through the storm, through the sunshine. Thank you for our talents, our gifts, and our treasure. All of this belongs to you. And we're only giving back a tenth, God, of what you give to us. May your storehouse be full, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
sit down for a benediction? Alexa. Alexa. Francis Alexa. She is a poet, and I think she has a beautiful blessing for us. How y'all doing? Good. We in trouble, friends. The storm clouds are coming in and I can hear the rumbling of atom bombs that make tsunamis like a butterfly flapping its wings on the other side. There's a tornado in Brooklyn, torrential rain in Jamaica, an earthquake in Haiti, a typhoon in Vietnam, a monsoon in Korea, a landslide in India, fire in San Diego, massive flooding in China, a mudslide in Chiapas, tidal waves in Indonesia, acid rain in Hiroshima. It's been flooding in the desert, y'all. Something is wrong here. The rivers don't run like they used to. How far removed from the source of life have we moved to? How long can we live in climate-controlled cubicles while the weather gets deadlier for those left to brave the cold and heat? They are selling the rain. They're leasing the rivers. They're auctioning off the ocean to the highest bidders as giant chunks of the polar ice cap dislodge from the North Pole and tourists flock to the site to take pictures. There's disaster tourism, like there's disaster profiteering. Off the torrential storms and the warring and the wrath of global warming, who will get paid to rebuild and who will they build for? Who will endure the drought and the rains? Who will be safe and sound indoors? Who built the missiles, the smart bombs, the rockets? Who gets raided and who gets paid from whose pockets? Who gets sent off to war? Who dies for whose profits? Who gets remembered? Who's been forgotten and now we've moved farther we're moving full speed ahead towards a slow painful death too afraid to look where we're headed so we ignore it the courageous y'all the courageous they don't lose their fear they simply transform it into the power to steer into the clearing and head straight for it. Follow the course of rivers hidden under concrete. Beneath every city lives a forest. And now we stand at the doorway. In the hallway, life brought us to this crossroads of lost hope and undeniable promise where we choose between paths beyond rightness or wrongness that will lead to the brink of the planet's exhaustion or the age of compassion where the meek become strongest and re-inherit the earth and redefine progress. Woo! Can I hug you? For Earth Day. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much. What she said. <laughs> so, uh, thank God for spontaneous gifts. Thank you. Thank you. We can't do the intersectional work we're talking about doing without talking about the Earth. Oh my God, I got that. So, you know. Be ready. <laughs> Poverty, climate change, racial justice, climate change, LGBTQ justice, climate change. We need the earth to do what we're called to do. Poor people are most impacted 
by climate issues. Let's do this. May God bless you and keep you. May God make her face to shine upon you. May God be gracious unto you. And may God give you peace now and always. Come give me a hug. Love you. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.